You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Friday, April 24th, 2020. And I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. If you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe to it on your favorite podcast venue and leave it a good review. Well, the 2020 NFL Draft has completed its first round. It took place last night, and we have our newest member of the New York Jets. It is Mackay Becton, the tackle out of Louisville. And I think that when the first round of the NFL Draft is complete, every single general manager from every team will say the exact same thing. They will tell you that the draft fell perfectly for them, and they got the player that they really wanted. I think that the Jets are being honest when they say that. Many teams are not being honest when they say that. They're just saying it to make it sound like everything fell the way they wanted it to. I don't think the top 10 picks could have gone better for the Jets because they got to pick 11. And of course, over the last couple weeks and months, we've been talking about the top four tackles. And the Jets had their pick of two of them. Two of the top four made it to the Jets. Andrew Thomas was not there. He went to the Giants at four. And then the pick before the Jets selected, Jedrick Wills of Alabama went. But the Jets had their choice between Tristan Wirfs of Iowa and Mackay Becton of Louisville, and they went with Becton. And I'm not going to complain about it. If you wanted a podcast where the host was going to complain that the Jets did not take a playmaker in the first round, you have come to the wrong show. Because I was very much in favor of the Jets taking a tackle. And yes, on yesterday's show, when I listed the four tackles, I told you Wirfs was my number one guy who they passed on. And Becton was probably my number four guy, probably probably the last of the tackles. But I also told you, told you that I felt like it was very close between one and four. And I would not complain no matter what direction the Jets went in. And I think like my fo- football philosophies are kind of a combination of new new school and old school. And my thoughts on team building have a lot of old school sensibilities to them. And if I'm building an NFL team, the first thing that I want is the quarterback. And the Jets have the quarterback now. The second thing that I want is just a rock solid left tackle and left tackle above other line positions because he blocks the pass rusher the quarterback cannot see. And what the Jets did last night was they drafted a guy, a tackle, who is 6'7", 364. And Ian Rappaport sent out a tweet last night. He said that the Jets are sticking to, and at number 11, they select Louisville offensive tackle Mekhi Becton. Teams viewed him as having the potential of Jonathan Ogden, a freakish talent. Now, Jonathan Ogden, I mean, that that's as good of a player as the NFL has ever seen at the tackle position. There are not many guys you could say were better than Jonathan Ogden, and that's not a guarantee that Becton's going to get there, but he has that kind of upside. When Jonathan Ogden was the left tackle on the Baltimore Ravens, their quarterback was not getting touched. And you hope that the Jets have the coaching in place to develop him. There is some work that he needs, but that is a that's a very big statement right there and the key phrase right there is teams plural more than one team Ian Rappaport is telling us thinks that he thinks thinks that that Mackay Becton has Jonathan Ogden level talent and beyond that this guy can run block and the Jets did not have an offensive lineman who could run block before this and I'm not that's not an exaggeration 
nobody, even the guys the Jets brought in, I, I do I have a lot of confidence can run block. This is the kind of guy you, you just run behind him. He's going to clear the way. And I'm sure Le'Veon Bell will be happy with that. I'm sure Sam Darnold will be happy with it. Now, Becton does have some question marks with him. I think he was probably the least technically refined of the four tackles. So there is going to need to be some work. He did not have a lot of traditional pass sets in college. He still needs some work with his hand placement. Uh, there, there are some things they're, they're, that they're going to have to work out. Maybe he's not going to dominate as a pass blocker on day one, but with that kind of frame, this guy's the limit. And on a day like this, I cannot tell you that Mekhi Becton's going to reach that potential. I cannot tell you that he's definitively going to be Jonathan Ogden with any player. And I think Becton probably is the riskiest of the, of the tackle prospects who could go who went in the first round. There's always some risk. There's always some risk. All we can do is evaluate what the Jets have done. And what the Jets have done, well, first of all, they've invested in the offensive line in the first round for the first time since 2006. In fact, this is the first time the Jets have used a pick in the, one, of, one of the two first rounds, in rounds one or two, in 10 years. It was Vlad Dukas back in 2010 who was a second-round pick. Jets have finally invested in their offensive line. And I think it vindicates those who said Joe Douglas would build his team from inside out. There's been the talk since, since the Jets hired him that Douglas would focus on the offensive line. And we all know that that is not something Jets GMs have done, recent Jets GMs have done. And you can never give that, you can never give somebody like Joe, credit, Joe Douglas credit for investing in the offensive line until he does it. Well, he did it. And that offensive line we saw a year ago, I mean, that prevented the Jets from functioning on offense at times. And I think you forget about it the further you get removed from the season. Because I'll, I'll tell you, like, I've been researching some articles, so I went back and watched the film on some of the games. And, like, I know that the Jets' offensive line was bad. I, I, I realize that because how many times do I talk about it if you listen to this show frequently? I talk about it practically every day how bad the Jets' offensive line was a year ago. But even then, like I had forgotten it, like you, you, you lose track of just how bad it was. And it did not get to that point overnight. It got to that point because the Jets were not bringing in high end young talent. And yes, it, I'm glad that the Jets invested in the line in free agency. I am. But the guys that they brought in are not star level talents. If you look at the great offensive lines in this league, typically, yes, they bring in guys from free agency. Yes, there's a reclamation project here or there. But the, most of the high-end talent is acquired through the draft. And I think that the Jets got a guy whose ceiling is off the charts right now. I think, it's, I think his ceiling is off the charts good. I think that this is a very exciting pick for, for Jets fans. And, you know, as Jets fans, we have not had many moments to be excited in recent years. This is, like, kind of a signal to me that better days might be ahead because the Jets are investing in the line the Jets are finally going to be a team that has a guy who can push people around who can clear holes in the run game and again yeah he's got some development work to do but again the potential is is really there and I know some people will be upset that the Jets did not invest in a playmaker hey look there are lots of good wide receivers available Jets own pick 48 tonight they own two picks in the third round this is a very good receiver draft class. I think when they get to 48, there's probably going to be a guy there who has the potential to be a number one receiver in this league. You get to round three, round four, 
There are going to be guys who are going to be good receivers in this league. I think the Jets absolutely made the right decision. Time will tell. And again, like no nobody knows for sure how any of these guys are really going to pan out. But if you're asking me today, am I happy with what the Jets did? The answer is absolutely. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. You download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL. That's one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L. Again, LOCKEDONNFL, no spaces. For $100 of free delivery with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Locked on Jets podcast, the day after the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft and the day of rounds two and three, which will take place tonight. The Jets drafted Makai Becton out of Louisville with their first round pick. They stayed at number 11 overall. There were rumors throughout the day on Thursday that maybe the Jets will trade up because there was supposed to be a run on tackles early in the draft. There were some rumors maybe they'd trade down. There was talk about the Jets possibly trading down with Philadelphia, who owned the 21st pick. And one of the rumors was that Rasul Douglas was going to be part of that package. And I I was sitting there on Thursday afternoon saying, why would the Jets want Rasul Douglas? Don't the Jets have enough corners who can't cover anybody? Like, why, why, why do the Jets need a corner? Why would the Jets move down just to get a corner who can't cover anybody? But fortunately... That was not the case, and they ended up with Becton. You know, does Becton start immediately? That's an interesting question, and I think one of the reasons I like the Jets drafting a tackle beyond just the fact they needed to invest in the offensive line early, beyond just the ceiling of Becton, beyond the fact that you know you could make you could argue he was the best player available. Part of the reason I like it is that it gives you another option to tackle. Right now, the Jets have two guys who are kind of projections at, at the tackle position, George Fant and Chuma Edoga. Fant was signed as a free agent, and he's, I guess, the most charitable description of Fant is that he's a guy who seems like an ascending player. Edoga was the third-round pick last year who I still do think has potential, but you don't really know what you're getting out of either of these guys. And I guess it's fair to say as a rookie, you're not sure what you're getting out of Becton either because his game probably does need a little bit of refinement. But now... You're in a situation where if you hit on two of these two of these three guys, you got a stable tackle situation, and the ceiling on this offensive line gets higher. And if you only hit on one of the three, you may have a weakness at tackle. But now I only now I only need to hit hit on one of the three, where at least both of my tackle positions are not bad, and that's in the short run. In, in the long run, I, I think you're hoping to get a, a starter. And in the boom scenario, where all three of these guys are really good. Well, now you've got a situation where you don't just have two good tackles, but you have a good swing tackle as well. So I think a lot to like from this standpoint for the Jets. I think if you're a Jets fan, you should be happy today. If If you're a Jets fan who's not happy today, I mean, I'm sorry. Are you ever going to be happy? And yeah, like, I get it. I get it. They did not take a playmaker. I get that there's still a lot of work to do on the team. I get that Becton is not a slam, total slam dunk, but... I mean, come on, look at the upside. Look at the upside of what your team just did last night. And I would say across the league, most fans should be pretty happy. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know if the shortened preparation, I don't know if, if some of the restrictions in place just made teams less make less risky moves, but it just seemed to me like teams were not overthinking it in the draft last night the way they typically do. I mean, usually you have some moves that just come out of left, just out of left field. And you're like, where did they come up with that? 
it really did not seem like most of the picks I thought made a lot of sense for the teams making them last night. With one, the, the only exception is the corner position, and I've seen some some prognostications from people who have league sources who say that the teams value players very differently from the fans of the media, which does happen, and sometimes the teams are right. It did not seem that way to me, except at the corner position, because I, I did not think this was a great group of corners, and six went off the board. There were six, also six tackles and six receivers, which were the two deep positions at the draft on the offensive side of the ball. If you told me that there would be as many corners go off the board as tackles and receivers, I would have been shocked. But they did. And, you know, look, I mean, I like C.J. Henderson. I don't like C.J. Henderson going in the top 10 to Jacksonville. I like uh, A.J. Terrell. I don't know that I like A.J. Terrell going uh, 16 overall to Atlanta. And, you know, the team whose draft I really did not love at all was uh, Oakland, who picked Henry Ruggs over Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb. And that, that was almost like a tribute to Al Davis, the fact they went with the, the speed guy. I get why they did it, though. That was defensible. But then with their second first-round pick, they picked Damon Arnett out of Ohio State. At, Damon Arnett at 19? Are you kidding me? And it just it just went on. And I mean, there are guys who I think are decent corners, but they went way too high. I mean, the Miami's pick, Jeff Gladney to Minnesota. Miami picked picked the corner out of, out of Auburn. I I mean I think that the, we'll see. Were these teams reaching for a position of need at a key spot, or am I just underrating the corners? I guess we'll find out. But aside from that, I mean, lots of moves that made sense. I mean, the no brainers were. Burrow to Cincinnati and Chase Young to Washington. Okuda going to Detroit again. That was not a really tough pick to make. Andrew Thomas, you know, the Giants got some ridicule for Andrew Thomas at four. I've got no problem with that. Unfortunately, man, I wish Miami did not take Tua at five. Tua Tagovailoa goes to Miami at five. There were all kinds of smoke screens about Tua. Miami not liking him. I really was not buying that. I was hoping that they'd be silly enough to pass on Tua, but We'll have to deal with two in the AFC East, but I was expecting that. Did not love Miami's other two first-round picks, though. They drafted Austin Jackson, the tackle out of USC. I thought he was kind of a reach. But I'll tell you, like, even the the two other quarterbacks, Tua and Burrow were the only quarterbacks I really liked that I felt like were first-round picks in this draft. But I like where Justin Herbert ended up with the Chargers because with Tyrod Taylor there, he's not going to have to start right off the bat. And I like Jordan Love going to Green Bay. I'm not a Jordan Love fan, but... He's in the perfect position, perfect situation, because he's not going to have to start right off the bat. He needs development. And he's going to have a chance to develop sitting on the bench behind Aaron Rodgers. Isaiah Simmons, wonderful value for Arizona at 8. Jedrick Wills, great pick for Cleveland at 10. Tristan Tristan Wirfs at 13. Now, Tampa Bay made kind of a panic trade-up one, one spot and wasted a fourth-round pick, but giving Tom Brady Tristan Wirfs to block for him. Jerry Judy to Denver, good pick. C.D. Lamb, I mean, that Cowboys receiving core, tremendous now. Um, Jalen Rieger to the Eagles, Justin Jefferson to the uh, Vikings. I mean, lots of really picks that I, that I think make, made sense. The, the only other team I didn't like was San Francisco because San Francisco came into this draft without a ton of draft capital. And they used the, They were at 13. They traded down one spot and took Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina, which would be fine. But they, they essentially 
got that pick by trading DeForest Buckner to Indianapolis. So they essentially just used the pick to replace the player they traded to get it. And then late first round, with a receiver class this good, with a receiver class this deep, they trade up. And again, they don't have many picks. And they trade up and they give up the fourth round pick that they got in their trade down with Tampa Bay. And they take Brandon Ayuk when they could have just stayed where they were and gotten a good receiver prospect. So I did not love the draft San Francisco had. But aside from that, and aside from the corners, I felt like almost every team made a pick that made sense for them, which is not typical in in the draft. And maybe it was just because of everything that's going on, teams did not have a chance to overthink things this year. Locked on Jets podcast here on this Friday, the day after round one of the NFL draft. Tonight we have rounds two and three of the draft. The start time is an hour earlier. It is 7 p.m. Eastern time. It will be televised on ABC, ESPN, and NFL Network. And the Jets still have some work to do. Now, they made a good pick, I think, on Thursday night, investing in their offensive line. What will they go for on Friday night? Well, I think they need a receiver because this receiver group right now for the Jets is just not good enough. But fortunately... Even though there were six wide receivers who went in the first round, there's still a lot of talent available. You look, there is T. Higgins still on the board, LaVisca Chenault, Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman. Got to think one of them falls to 48. And you know something? As much as I don't like trading up, I feel like with four of these guys available, and we're on pick 33 right now, Jets pick uh, pick 48, even if the Jets need to move up, we're probably only talking about giving up a fifth-round pick, which, you know, if you get down to it and there's only one of these guys left and you fall into, like, the 40s, these guys fall into the 40s, it may only take a five to move up to get one of these. So I think the Jets are in good shape to get one of these guys and hold on to their two third-round picks because there's still going to be, this is a very deep year at receiver. Jets, Jets should get more than one receiver this weekend. I want the Jets to get three receivers this weekend. Um, but I, I would like to see them get one of them in the, in the second round, one of those guys that I mentioned, and we'll see what happens from there. I'd also love to see the Jets get another offensive lineman tomorrow night. It's still good guys available. And in fact, Josh Jones of Houston is, is still available. And I will amend my statement that I want the Jets to get a receiver in the second round. If Josh Jones is available, I'm fine with the Jets taking him at 48, doubling up on the offensive line. Because he, he's a guy who I think is a first-round talent. And he's, he's not as developed as the top four. But I think you could make a case that he was the fifth-best tackle in this class. Now, some may disagree. Obviously, some of the teams in the NFL disagree because six tackles went last night, and he was not one of them. But I, if the Jets could get, get Josh Jones and add another piece to this offensive line, because this Jets team needs to keep adding young pieces to the offensive line. Josh Jones is there at 48. I think very hard about waiting until the third round for the receiver position. Uh, but I think a good beginning to Joe Douglas's draft career as Jets general manager. I really like the move. I think that this is a good day to be a Jets fan. And maybe this is the start of a brighter future for the New York Jets. We all certainly hope so. But that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked on Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. As always, if you like this show, subscribe to it and please leave it a good review. Enjoy the rest of the draft and we will be back again next week to break it all down.